Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. Hello everybody, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 101, Where Do We Go From Here? I am your host, Ed Horton, and alongside me tonight, my friend, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed. How are you doing? Good, good. And of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how you feeling today? Uh, better than I have been. Better than I have been. Than yeah. Good. Good. Glad to hear. All right. So we're going to sort of dive right back in, like we did the last 100 episodes prior to this one. We've got some new ships coming out for X-wing. I've actually been playing some games, and I get to talk about some of those. I think Chris ran an event. So, but I'll start where I will. I'll start where we usually do. I'll start with Sean. Sean, what have you been up to lately, my friend? Not a whole lot as far as gaming goes. Um, I got in a what I would call a starter game of 40k with my. Son ah, I forgot to ask about that. How did that go? Uh, it wasn't like a game where we were worrying about who was going to win lose. It was just refreshing on movement and you know the steps and things like that. So sure, sure. He was kicking my the crap out of me, but he was playing with psyker abilities. And command point abilities where I wasn't. So I was running naked B-Wings and he was, you know, he threw the kitchen sink in, which is fine because I need step by step. So, well, uh, and it's interesting, too, because there are some factions in 40K that simply do not have a psychic phase at all. And I genuinely feel like they're at a disadvantage. The Necrons, uh, one of my favorite armies, for example, are one of those factions that simply do not have a psychic phase at all. They have no psychic defense, and they have nothing to do in that phase. So they're just susceptible to whatever happens in that phase. They, they Nothing happens for them. Yeah, and, you know, I think, like, I'm playing Space Marines, so that's a, a counter to what I can do to him. He's playing Thousand Suns, so. It's and they're just very, very psychic heavy. Yeah, so it's, you know, it'll be interesting as I get into my command, you know, the command points and what I choose, you know, for that, that'll counter some of that and help uh, negate some of it. So, um, and then the other thing I've been doing is just buying more arcade machines. So <laughs> we were talking about that in the pregame warm up. How many are you up to at this point? I am up to six, mach- six, there are five, three quarter machines, one pinball machine and what's called a party cade that's hanging on my wall. I have another party cake coming, and then I have a full arcade machine that I'll be able to purchase games, and they upload directly into that machine. So, and then ultimately, I'll have at least two more after those two, maybe three. It all depends, and then it depends what else companies come out with and stuff. But the nice thing is, is they're not full size machines, so they fit. You know, yeah, they're not the they're not the 23 inch monitor screens or 17 inch screens, which actually makes the cases a lot smaller, which is good. You know, unless you're on a two player machine and you're trying to play two players, it can be a little tight. But um, I've almost gotten every game that I want on that I wanted pre all of this starting. I'm waiting on Dragon's Lair and (laughs) that's going to be so cool. Yeah, the Dragon's Lair and Burger Time and Super Burger Time are two that I'll get when the machine comes in July. Um, I was able to get Gorf and Sinistar, which are two hard ones to get because the ROMs that I was getting for the Pi weren't working correctly. So, Oh, really? 
Yeah. Um, so I was having issues with, with that, getting that. Um, and then, you know, it just depends on what comes out from here, if I want to get it or not, you know. But really and truthfully, I have no need for any more machines other than what I'm getting, with the exception of, like, three games. And so I'll have every game that I want um, in-house, you know, by hopefully August I'll have them all, and then I'll then I'll get one more for sure when it comes out, which is the NFL Blitz. Um, Such a great game. Yeah, when Arcade 1-Up puts that out. That one's going to go next to next to the refrigerator that's actually in my dining room. So that's kind of where I'm starting to run out of space at that point. <laughs> Although I'd have space for two more machines, at least maybe three more next to, next to my party cades when Miss Pac-Man arrives and I hang that. So all in all, it's been a, it's been an interesting week of uh, playing some arcade games and playing Tron. I just got Tron. So I was playing that yesterday. I loved that game. The Tron was always that one that had like it was a bunch of mini games, right? Like it was a bunch of smaller there's four, games. There's four games in it, and then it this one also came with discs of Tron too, which oh, is cool. cool. You know, it, it's cool because that one's a game I've never played, and I actually like it. So now I'm starting to build up, you know, new games that I like and things like that. The one I wish I could find in a machine, and it may be where I have to build a machine myself and do it with a Raspberry Pi is Championship Baseball. Ooh, that's from like 82 or 83. But the problem with that is, is every ROM I found is not working on the pie. So, so we'll see, you know, but that's one I have. I actually bought one of those Pandora. They're the couch cade things. Yeah. Um, that has 10,000 games, which 9,900 of them are just bullshit games, but the rest are all decent games. Yeah. And it is on that. So I may build, so a, a, a cabinet with that and put that that couch cade in the cabinet and then put like a 24 inch tv screen so build them basically a cabinet around that and that'll pretty much hit all of the gaming that i really want as far as arcade games go if i were my son or probably even you there would be you know more of the more recent stuff yeah uh, you know like xbox games and playstation games but if i want to do those i'll just buy I'll buy the highest, you know, I'll get the eight, eight. Well, I got a four gigabyte or megabyte pie, whatever it is. Yeah. Pie right now, which would run them, run them still. So yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll still run those. You got to consider what the hardware was like back in like 95 when the PS1. Yeah. Opened. Yeah. And I, you know, I was looking, so how all this started really quick and I just want to talk about it because sure is, so I was watching a video on YouTube and an ad came up for, the heck was it i don't know it was some retro machine probably like the the retro amiga 500 or something i can't remember what it yeah. was yeah and so i'm like well you know that that just sparked the interest in arcade games and what's the quickest way i could get arcade games my problem is is that with the pi the the experience on a large tv just isn't the same you know yeah. even though i i built, I, get uh, that. I get i do de- genuinely get that yeah, you know, if it was a if it was a console game that I played on a large TV, that'd be a different story. But but when it comes to arcade stuff for me, and you know, this is part of the way my brain works, is I wasn't having fun playing them on a on in that experience. So 
I went out and I started looking for arcade cases, and then I found one um, up arcade or arcade one up, mm-hmm. and they basically had the majority of the games that I wanted on their machines, and the machines aren't full size or three quarter size, so that was nice. And I'd much rather just have the machines, you know. It's you know I could turn them all on and feel like I'm in an arcade, and they you know they're one amp machines, so I'm not gonna overpower any circuit yeah well and it's kind of different like legitimately the experience that i was going for whenever i built my raspberry pi was the console experience so that's what i was going for so i could play my old like everything from my entire gaming library history from the atari all the way up to the the ps1 i could play on that and then everything beyond that i've been a playstation player since then which is why I have a backwards compatible PS3 sitting behind me that I can play PS1, PS2, and PS3 games that I've all... So, like, legitimately, that was the experience that I was going for. The one thing that I've never actually played a lot of on my Pi were arcade games. Like, honestly, that wasn't what I what I got it for. So I totally get it. Um, it I does... Think, oh, go ahead. Well, I think the ROMs are a little bit different, too, because, like I said, I've having problems finding ROMs that are working with the retro Pie and things like that, even though they should. They're well, not loading yeah, in. There's, there's some finagling, I think, some with some of those you need to, to get some of them to work. And I know that. Yeah. And, and so for me, it was just like, well, why am I going to waste my time? I have it because now I can build, build a machine and I could build, you know, one machine that has all of my NES games that I had in Atari games and maybe Amiga games. And I could build it all on that. And you know, and have one cabinet that's built that way. And and I can do that possibly off the IR arcade cabinet if it comes with a, if it has HDMI graphic setting, um, I could do that, which then I could just put a switch in that switches it over, you know. Right. Just buy a, a, a switch that you put inside and then you just select one or two depending upon which system you want to play. Or I just build my own and, and have fun building my own cabinet and, and all that. And, um, you know, so that's kind of what I've been working on. It's, uh, it's been really windy here, so I couldn't do anything really outside. And I had a bunch of cardboard cause for some reason I had a lot of cardboard boxes sitting on my front porch. So I had and to cut all those up today instead of playing the games. I had to do all that. So I thought you were going to say that you had a bunch of them on your front porch and with the wind, you no longer had them on your front porch. No, no, luckily, luckily they stayed on the porch overnight and I was able to cut most of them up today. But yeah, that's, that's what happens when you buy a lot of <laughs> arcade games in a yep. two week period. So, but no, other than that, um, I'm looking forward to Monday and getting back into D and D and, um, only yeah. missing one week, it looks like. So that wasn't too bad for. Yeah. And that's for, kind of like for behind the scenes stuff. That's why we're kind of recording today on a Saturday as opposed to our regular Thursday because Chris was sick, um, which definitely uh, segue uh, directly. Uh, into I was my still, week. I was still there. I you were still there. my ass out of bed and was uh, on time, ready to play. I so couldn't in good conscience. Don't blame me. I wasn't blaming you. I couldn't in good conscience allow you to do it. Does that sound better? Like, I know, like, you looked like hell. No, like, I was leg- sick. Because <laughs> you were sick. So, like, I, legitimately, is I much still made it, though, D- you know? You did. You did. Commitment. As much, as, as much fun as D&D is, I didn't want to make you extraordinarily uncomfortable for the sake of the rest of us. That's just not 
Not what I was. Well, let's, let's put blame where it was. You know, Ch Chad was number two on the list who didn't turn up, so we cancelled. He did. Well, there is that too. But in so. any case, that does segue directly into my segment, which is what I was doing on the night we were supposed to be playing D and D. I actually played another game of X Wing. I'm going to dangle that out there because I got a couple other things I want to blow through real quick. Uh, we started our session zero of Crusade. Uh, at the store we had about eight people kind of show up and we just kind of had like a pre-game meeting because um, there's a lot of plotting and planning on how to do it um so uh brett is the person who is going to be in charge of running it so he kind of ran us through uh how to play a crusade army how how the mechanics work i mean gabe and i had read the the core rule book and of course once i got my once i got my brand new shiny tyranid codex i'm flipping through it and there's a lot of fun stuff and i'm really looking forward to playing it because it's going to be a very different way to play the game not i set up on the table and i intend to smash you like it's just it's going to be a very narrative kind of fun style of game which i'm really genuinely looking forward to so we had that episode you know that session zero there um and then well, i did one other thing that i wanted to remember it'll come to me oh i started reading um mark of faith uh which is the sisters of battle uh book uh well listening to is more probably correct uh the the voice actor that, that does this book is phenomenal it's the first sisters of battle book that i've listened to i've read a couple of others but mark of faith came up on sale and audible and i'm like oh gotta snag that so i did and i'm really really enjoying it <laughs> getting into sisters lore is is a lot of fun and then the last thing, of course, is so since we didn't play D and D, uh, we I got a game in with Alan. Um, there's not a ton to talk about on this game. Um, I think what I am learning, I have played three games. Oh, I remember the other thing I was going to say. Um, I sat on um, the shout out to Dion and the Gold Squadron pod, uh, podcast guys. Uh, they posted their the finals uh, at Adepticon about a day or so ago. So I sat down and watched that today as well to kind of see how the professionals do it and. I'm getting an idea that how the just as do. well as you, yeah, yeah, just as just as well as I do. Um, so long story short, the, the game that I played with with Alan was over probably by turn two. Uh, it actually went very similar to that game where he snagged out and grabbed four objectives right off the bat, and then I was never able to recover from that point on. Literally, I lost that game on turn one, and it just played out from there. I didn't have enough punch to push through to kill any ships. And he was just keep it kept racking up the points. And admittedly, so I'm having a lot of I've run the same mission twice where you have to flip the uh, like you can go in and claim an objective for free. But if somebody else claims it, you can unclaim it for free. But then you have to roll to see if you claim the objective. Um, I'm having a lot of bad luck on those rolls. I've attempted to un like claim of uh, pre-owned <laughs> objectives like five or six times. And I have failed the rolls all five, six times. So it's a little frustrating that you feel like you've maneuvered yourself into a position. You're going to take this one and then it doesn't flip. That's kind of frustrating. But I am learning, though, ultimately in the end, Alan beat me. I think we were done by turn five. Uh, the game would have been over no matter what. And Alan and I had a good conversation after the fact. And one of the things that he said to me, the best piece of advice I think he gave me after the end of that game is like, you are still playing like you have time in this game and you don't. Some of the, like my first opening moves, I kind of slow rolled in because I wasn't, because he was kind of spread out and I wasn't quite sure where he was going to go. And I was trying to plot out how I was going to attack it. And by that point in time, I was already down 4 1. And he's like, what you should have done was gone balls to the wall, 
go out and grab those three objectives like immediately right away it's not even and about then, grabbing the objectives you have to put yourself in a position that if he does it you punish him you can't just no this is the adepticon final as well if you watch it yeah exactly like, i did you you can give a turn you can't give people two turns yep and and it, if you if you go slow that's giving them two turns so Which I, if, exactly what like I you, and you say I, I, again, I didn't watch your game, so I, I don't know. I don't want to be too harsh. I didn't see it. Well, you, no, no, no. I played terribly. The, well, I what, I, no, terribly. what I what I mean is the statement of I wanted to see where he was going to go. So, like, well, you know where the objectives are. You put them there. Like, and that that is if, really good pushback. On turn zero, you've put the objective stain and you've deployed. If you've deployed and don't without a plan of where you're going to put your firing axe to cover those objectives. Like that's on you. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm learning is uh, I am learning that I need to think about the game very differently, which is it's so there's a couple of things. I haven't go ahead. It's an interesting challenge. It is. It is an interesting challenge. And for me, it's a, it's a little bit of, I need to knock a lot of rust off. That's one of the other problems that I feel like I'm genuinely having is that I've been so far removed from the game. Like I've played a casual game here and there, but it's never been quite serious. It's never been quite, you know, it's, it was everything I knew and it's kind of still kind of fall back into what you used to know. Now it feels like I'm trying to learn a whole new game and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's that shedding of the old thought process. And I, again, I hate pulling a lot, a lot of my um, analogies back to 40 K, but it's like whenever 40 K changes from one edition to another, you still have everything that you used to know in your head pre-programmed in what you're, what you're supposed we, to do. We had this exact conversation about some of your early games with Chad, if I recall. Mm -hmm. um, and exactly. And this is where my fault is coming in is that I'm falling into the same mentality. like, I'm making decisions. I have to be that look incredibly stupid ultimately in the end, because it's not getting to the goal that I want to get it to. Like, for example, I keep forgetting that blocking doesn't work the same way that it used to in the past. If I block a ship, that ship can still shoot at me. That's the big one that I keep forgetting for whatever reason. Now, granted, they can, you know, they can take the stress to take the, the focus token. They can't use it to modify dice. They don't get to add dice for being at, at, at range zero. I get all of that. But I keep forgetting that. So there are parts in, parts in the game where I'm like, well, second edition, first edition brain kicks in. And I'm like, well, if I'm going I'm to park my ship right here with the intention of blocking so I ha don't have to worry about shots coming from behind me. And that's wrong. That is categorically wrong. And it's a wrong way to think about the think about the game. Now, does blocking still help? Absolutely. It strips the tokens off. You're only doing it at raw dice. But ultimately, in the end, if you've got a ship that you've got like one hull left and you're trying to preserve it, blocking is not the, the tactic that I would use to preserve that ship's life. You need to go and bug out and bug out yeah. in the direction that your opponent's not expecting it. So it's been, it's been a learning experience for me to be able to get into these three games that I have played. Watch the other one that I uh, watched with uh, Nathan Eide. Congratulations to him, by the way, for winning Adepticon. Um, and sit there and see all of it unfold. Like what I would have done in his position. Like, oh, I see what he's doing. So it's just going to take me some time. And what it does, it's it's practice, practice, practice. It's the it's the best thing for you. So what I need to do is I need to get a minimum of a game or two a week each week so that I can wrap my head around this, because I don't feel like I've genuinely played a 2.5 game yet. I've played 
someone else who is playing 2.5 and I'm still playing 2.0, wondering why the results are coming out as poorly as they are. And that's where my problem is. That's if my final analysis of my performance over the last few games is I'm not, I'm still playing old X-Wing and this is not how this game's played anymore. Can you build a list that can absolutely go in and crush someone and alpha strike them and blow 18 points off of the board in the first two turns? Sure. But if that doesn't work, you're, you're kind of done because they're going out and grabbing all those objectives. I think, they- I think, I think what you're describing though is probably what about 50% or even more of the X-Wing world is going through right now. It's I'm sure. It's a, it's a stiff change. Like today in Omaha, we had a tournament, but it was build with a new way to build, but it was still dogfight. And, you know, I talked to the TO, which I'm friends with, and, and I know, and he took over for me. And I'm like, dude, you know, you're going to have 280-point lists versus 170-point lists in old money. Yep. And it's not going to be fun or fair. And... He's like, yeah, but, you know, people just aren't ready for the new. And I'm like, but they got to be if they're going to compete. You know, if you're going to have local tournaments, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be the new AMG way of playing. You know, if you're doing whatever replaces or is store championships, if we have that or regionals or anything of that level at the local level, you're going to have, you know, you're, you're basically going to have you know, issues if you're not ready for that type of stuff. If you decide to go to like Adepticon or you're going to Nova, you know, in, in the fall and you're going or whenever Nova is now, it's you're going to go out there. You're going to be playing because that's a USA championship, I think. So you're going to be you're going to be playing with objectives and things like that. So, number one, it's a change of, you know, you have to change the way that you think because A, you're not building the same and B, you're not playing the same, you know, yes, it's still a game of shooting other ships, but as I found playing Chris, you know, it's, you can do what you think is best, but really you need to, like Chris said, you need to, you know, you, you have to have a different way of playing today. You know, it's, it's, it, and, and he explained it better than I can, but it's just, because when I played, I, when I played Chris, I felt like I was playing, X-Wing 2.25 to his X-Wing 2.75. Yeah, exactly. And the the part that's always frustrating to me is like you see what he's doing on the table going, oh, I get it. And by that point in time, you've already put yourself out of position. You're not in a good squirt. You're like, oh, I wasn't thinking about it that way. That that for me is where I'm getting my own personal frustrations is like, why couldn't I see that? Why didn't I look at that at the beginning when we sat down and put all these objectives down and put all these, you know, put all the the tokens down for, for obstacles and see that? But that's where practice comes in. That's where practice comes in and being in tune. That's the other thing too. If you're not in tune to what the game is right now, you know, you're going to have some difficulties. And and I know that that's where I'm at with it is I understand what, what, what the game wants you to do. It's just hard for me because I still want to build lists that are fun, you know, that are enjoyable. And sometimes you just, can't do that you have to build lists and playlists that are effective and and that's as a hundred percent side note i am so tired of facing off against republic like and i look i jokingly said this i don't know if i said this on the show or on recording i jokingly said this so objectively speaking i think the number of force users that you can take in a game needs to be looked at um i don't think you should be able to take five force users in a list 
So in my honest opinion, again, only three games of experience, either a, um, a, the force users uh, are objectively underpointed for what they're capable of doing, or B, we need to talk about like app one, maybe two going up against four to five force users and and you have zero. It, it's not even the same game where they're double actioning and still have the regular action and then pull like, like legitimately it's not even the same game. I, I would say there's a difference between the list I played against you and I, what I assume Alan's list was. Cause sure, I assume sure. Alan's list had both Contrail and Barris in it. It did. Yeah. Which is just the, the probably the most points efficient ships in the game for five Ooh. points. You're getting an initiative for, um, Force user who can dumb fire, um, a concussion, uh, concussion missiles, mm -hmm. and contrails two points for an I five. It's got the boost and uh, the config. It, like, yeah, there's a lot of value in there. Um, oh yeah, like, that's why my argument was either they are grossly underpointed, which is the argument that I am leaning in the direction of. I'm not at the, so. I'm not at the point where I'm like, well, if someone's playing, if someone's playing a five Jedi rebel list, I'm just going to move on to the next table. Like, like I'm not at that point yet because I prefer the challenge. I think that, I think that I learn better from losing than I do winning. Winning doesn't teach you anything except for what you already know. You already know. I prefer to pick up and learn. And the only way you do that is through defeat, getting yourself, dusting yourself off, going to the next game, going to the next game and keep trying. That's how you learn. And that's how you get better. But it still feels just a little unfair. I'm just throwing that out there. It feels that way. I have no data to support that. That is a personal feeling. It feels a little unfair. Like, I think the problem you have, you personally, right at this moment, are having, uh, that I, I don't necessarily think that you're losing to the Jedi. No, it's, I'm it's, losing it's, them. What I, it's part of the package, but it's definitely one that will give you that feeling because, right, it's it. I think it is good. I, I'm not going to lie. I think Republic are probably the strongest faction in the game right now. Um, I, I, I don't think that they will remain so. I, I, I have faith that. So um, so like, I, 100%, I absolutely genuinely believe that they are going to look at this and when points adjustments come, that those adjustments will come in. It's very similar, like whenever they brought force into the, like whenever they went from first edition to second edition, those first point runs came up. It's not that dissimilar from going, oh, wow. Whenever they overcosted a lot of the force users, they overcosted Vader in the tie, you know, X1, X1. They overcosted uh luke and gunner like they like they gen and eventually like say, it, a lot a lot of stuff's different and like you i what i find really hard talking about 2.5 now is you can't talk about it in the way we used to talk about um second edition or first edition because of the scenarios so now it's more similar to talking about 40k or when i used to play Imperial really? assault that you have to look at each each thing individually so the word jedis have the advantage is that they are really good like the aether sprite um 
the adult, yeah, words. The Aether Sprite with calibrated, so not the 7B version, is really efficient. It's like really good with the fine tuned controls, giving you access to a boost before your perform action step. Um, the dial's just good. It's got the astromech swap to kind of make your dial better if you need it, do all of that. So it, it lets you play, it lets you take part in the action based um, scenario ones. And because of mainly force users, you get to play, take part in the fighting stuff as well. So the only one where you, ironically, I think it's the one that I generally do the best in is just the Assault the Satellite Array, which is just the area control. I think that's probably the harder one for, for them to play because if both people are having to spread out, then you can kind of isolate a Jedi here and there and try and bully them. But right. out, three out of the four scenarios, I think they have massive advantages in. I tend to agree. Um, and they happen to be in chassis that just happen to be fairly fast, which is one um, of the other things that Alan and I talked about was that you genuinely need some level of speed in the game. If you I, I disagree with the need part of that. I think that it's it helps, but it's a safety blanket. Like if you I'm the list that you ran, you took the harder of the two lists to use. I did. Yeah, which I did. So Intentional. Yeah. yeah. Intentional. Um but I think that if you do a more aggressive opening, then the lack of speed's not not relevant. It's negligible. You, and you, I, you miss the had, speed because you open slow. Exactly. If you don't and open slow, I, I you don't miss the speed. I deployed incorrectly too. <laughs> Legitimately, I ended the by the way that I ended by the way that I deployed it. It ended up putting Luke Skywalker on the far far right of the table, and for all intents and purposes, Luke basically claimed two objectives and then fired some shots at the end of the game, which uh, is not what you want to have. Your heavy hitter force user, the only one that you have on your in your de in your uh, squad. That's fine. Uh, yeah, realistically, no. what should have happened in that game is you should have got to turn two being eight to three, maybe it was, or eight to two down, mm -hmm. and then gone, you know what? Let's just reset start again. Yeah. There is what, some... There like, is some what, what do, there's no, like, at that point, the game's done. Agreed. No one's... Well, and the, it, it didn't hurt that every ship on the board, with the exception of one by turn two, was like, hey, Wedge, you've got to die. And because of how it was all deployed, like, there's no way that I'm going no, to like, avoid all of them. You can recognize the game states, and oh, from God, that yeah. point, it's like, okay, we can fight it out, but getting that mindset, over. yeah, getting that learning and training and practice mindset of, right, okay, this game is a foregone conclusion now, because, again, we play to 20. We don't play to 75-minute total destruction. We play, we play to 20 points. Right. So the differential between the points gets to a, a, a stage where no matter how quickly you close that gap, it's not going to close quick enough before he gets to 20. So it's the game's over. Like, it's not like, oh, well, you know, maybe Wedge will die. Oh, what was it? Um, the Ollie final when he won Worlds where 
Um, like Vader, one of his ships died really early and they duked it out and he played really cagey and made lots of good choices and pulled it back and got the win in the end. Yep, like, that's not the game that you're playing anymore. Nope. It is not. So It absolutely is not. Yeah. And I, that's not a slight at, at you all. Like, no, 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 no. Play, I'm, not taking it I think, I'm, not, I'm not taking it that way. I yeah, genuinely it, want it. For me, it is more critique of how I'm approaching the game is incorrect and i need to adjust that if i'm going to at least get an idea of what this game is like well what i mean is like you if you need you said yourself you need more reps you need more play so that that should be the mentality of like all right well we've got a finite amount of time to play rather than doing three more turns here let's just reset start again and even if we call it early it doesn't matter because i have got more value out of playing turn zero one and two twice and playing turn zero to five once yeah no i agree with that 100 percent. so that would be my advice next time anything like that happens that's okay because i'm just gonna bug you for games whenever you're feeling better <laughs> should have bugged me for games when i wasn't feeling good because i had nothing to do then or no inclination to like be working so well, that's true but. maybe i should have done it all right, Chris, I'm going to kick the ball over your because you actually ran an event. You have a little bit more to say than I do. Um, and look, I talked mostly X-Wing. Mostly X-Wing. Two yeah. weeks in a row. Mark it on the calendar. Um, we ran our monthly event again. Um, it was Easter weekend, so it was um, seven players turned up, so I ended up playing uh, as a bye. So I'd award the win, and then I'd just play them in a friendly game anyway. Yeah, we ran it as a three-round event because there were only eight of us. And the rounds were round one, we did salvage. Round two, we did chance engagement. And round three, we did scramble with transmission. So we didn't do assault with satellite array, which is just a normal area control one. Yep. Mark ran um, Bubba Fett. I think it was Fenrow. And then the one Fang fighter that still fits in with what's left, I think. And he just bullied people, got kills, and uh, mm. yeah, right, he finished on fifty-five mission points. I can guarantee you, most of those were through killing stuff. Right. I mean, I believe I still believe it's possible. I still genuinely believe that it is possible to win the game just by going out and shooting people. Totally believe it's possible, but it's it's an uphill climb if you're not grabbing objectives early. Well, again, it's all in the way that you approach the game. If you know that you can't do that and you're playing because you expect your opponent to do it. It's not about how to, uh, trying to frame it's weird now. Mm-hmm. It's about ensuring that that differential never gets big enough and that you're ahead at the end. Yeah. Like if you plan on getting all 20 points from kills, you're probably not going to be able to do that. So you have to make sure that you're scoring some but in the early rounds, it's a case of, well, I need to apply my damage here so I can get the swing later. Um, so, like, I know in, I think it was in his first game, which was Salvage, um, he killed, like, three ty- um, three interceptors in like, a round. And they all had, like, it was a Nash, Goran, and intercept, so a six interceptor list. Ooh. All, with, all with disciplined. See, but like again, you, you kill them all in a round. Get you score nine points. Like yep. one of them gets to survive to fire, but 
only if they've all spread out to get the objectives. They're not all shooting at you. So you're not joisting a six interceptor swarm list anymore. So it's not as scary in that regard. Right. Um, See, I keep going back. I remember whenever we first started seeing these come out when these officially released, one of the things that I said is you kind of need a balance list. You need something in there that can take some damage. You need something that can go out there and run out and grab objectives. And I still still feel that that is the right formula. What what what's gonna kill like Bubba Fett in in four rounds of shooting? I don't know that you need to kill Bubba Fett. No, but I don't. I don't think you can. I don't think if you're playing a a five to seven round game, unless you go really really hard to to force killing Bubba Fett, I don't think you can kill him. I think it's a. Like you are never taking those ten points. How, how many points is he? Is he nine or ten? He's ten. Yeah, you are, you're just you're not getting those ten points. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So then the question becomes: Is when you see they come on the table, how do you win that game? You win that game with the objective and play keyboard. Okay, so it must have been old Tarok, and um, then the four point men, Cad Solus would be my guess for it for his Fang Fighters. But yeah, it was definitely Bubba Fett and Two Fangs was is the list he's been running. I, I I'll be I can't remember which ones exactly, but yeah, Still like, good like Fangs are pretty much immune to damage if they are at range one in arc of you, and there's only one or two things shooting. I they've got mod slots now, so you can give them whole upgrades to mitigate some of the, you know, the the fact that they used to just explode. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and you just don't. It, as long as you plan out uh, what the pace of the game and where it's going to go, and I think a lot of the skill of X Wing does move from that perfect information, uh, positional play, and like the the jockeying for position, it changes it to being a, a different problem that you're trying to solve. But yeah, just yeah. that pace of play and. The way the way you're getting your points and isolating how you're gonna how you're gonna get the and yeah I mean let's let's go through um, so Mark won the first round with twenty two points and it was seven rounds and it went to time so they finished on the last round so time had been called the t- the turn they went through twenty points. So it would have re- ended on round seven either way, but like seven right. rounds, twenty-two points is, uh, is seems not. So that was the last round. If that was round three, so, so round one. I was looking at the wrong thing. Um, so round one went to time. Um, that was only five rounds, and Mark won twelve to two. So that was against an interceptor swarm, and everything just died. Like the interceptors just exploded. So he killed four interceptors, at least. Yeah, at twelve to two, that was uh, that was a slobber knocker right there. Yeah, so my it looks like playing salvage, they both just ignored the objectives and went to chase each other and mark one. So whatever. Um, round two uh, was another interceptor list. Uh, this was chance engagement, and this went seven rounds. Didn't go to time, so they played seven rounds in under seventy five minutes and mark one twenty one to twelve. Um, how would you get 12 points? So he must have scored mission points in that one in chance engagement. So uh, even giving up points in chance engagement to ensure that you're getting the win. Yeah. And then the last one was scramble, which was the 22 to 10. 
And that was, what was Will running in that one? Um, I can't remember his exact list. If cause, So this was the final. Obviously, both of them went in with two wins. Um, Will had ran um, the four silencers, which won the last month's event. But this month, he was running something different. He was running the Gauntlet. Uh, he was running Maul, Azimar, um, Eamon Azimine, or whatever. It, yeah, the bombing fire spray. And two Z95s. So, yeah. that And then I think Mark just blew up everything that wasn't a gauntlet, effectively. Yeah. Uh, gauntlets don't die either, FYI. They're, <laughs> they're hard to kill in um, in these games before the, the points just dry up. But, yeah. But, um, I think it's surprising because these big ships have are just rugged enough that unless your opponent's like built to handle them, I don't think people can handle the big ships at a minute. I don't know. Like right now. Yeah. Well, and it, so these are the early, early days. Like legitimately, people are going to start looking at that five, five to six ship list that's going out, running out, and grabbing objectives, and you know, plinking damage, plinking damage. Maybe I kill a ship here. Maybe I kill a ship there, and I'm going to win turn four, turn five. Someone's going to come up with a counter for that. It's going to be a hard counter. I think that, that's it just brings home what I've been talking about for a while when we've been having these conversations and that I think playing a, a kill list is perfectly viable. Like, I don't care. Like, if you take Barris and Contrail, cool. They're not do, doing... They're not doing the same damage as a five, one of my five-point ships is. Right. So, you, you're, yeah, you're getting more area control, but building... Building that way does seem to come with disadvantages. And I suppose Barris and Contrail are bad examples because you've got the high initiative and the, the missile on her. So, like, it's not the best example. But, like, the inter two interceptor lists got wrecked by three ship lists. So. That's still interesting to me. Yeah. Because I, and again, I, I don't know the skills of the players involved, so I don't know. But to me, it feels like right now, until those hard counters are coming up, that it's almost like the more ships that you have, like the the five to six ship lists, are going to be the ones that are the most difficult to to knock off objectives. And for the love of God, if they're carrying the objectives around, trying to chase them down and get and get them off. Of them. But like, uh, I don't know. I've I'm not convinced that swarm lists are survivable enough to be able to to sit and take the punishment that if you play pure objectives, I, I I don't think any list can play pure objective game at the minute. I think a large portion of it is actually player mentality and um, I'm not, not going to say player skill, but the expectation of what the game is and what it's going to be is uh, differing. So uh, you, people aren't expecting to, again, we'll go back to your game or to the Adepticon final. It's not okay to to go down like a three point deficit twice. The game's done. Yeah. yeah. Like, unless you, I, I mean, I'm I'm hesitant to even put a caveat into it. I think that's just a, a flat statement of, of truth. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I hundred percent agree. Like, I'm of the opinion that in scramble and salvage. I can give you one turn of having a three or four point differential on me. So four to one. 
three right. to whatever. Well, like, three to two is fine. I don't care about that. You can have a one point advantage over me because I'm, you know, because again, it's the the how big is the gap? So if I you can get you can score three to two on me for three turns in a row, and I don't really care as long as I'm getting to a point where I'm going to kill your five and six point ship because that jump is going to put me back in the lead. But if I'm giving you a one to four, that's a three point sw swing. If I give you that for two turns, you've now got six points ahead of me. So when I kill your five-point ship, I'm still behind. Right. And if I haven't turned off any of that scoring yet, I'm not one point behind because at the end of that round, you also score again. So it doesn't matter that I close the gap to one point because you're just going to extend it again. Right. And then the gap just keeps getting bigger, bigger <laughs> yeah. over time. That Yeah. And that's the that's mentality I have when I'm flying. And I, I've... My, my that four ship list is probably i mean i'm not i'm not trying to sound good at the game or anything right now i i'm not this isn't a um, an ego boosting statement but that list is probably down to maybe a 60 percent win rate now where i it was like i was just winning all of my games with it and really enjoyed it and thought it was really good but like i'm i've been making mistakes in my deployments i've been making bad choices i've been pushing that that look a little bit too much for like how much i can hang mace out to dry and like oh, it's okay I, um luminara can take this beating for me because like i i was spending six health on luminara as a resource because there's no half points right exactly but if you get that seventh health off luminara you get six points <laughs> so it, yeah. like walk, walking that line is really difficult like you've got to know when when you can and when you can't um and i've pushed it a little bit too much in the last like few games um but that's how i've been viewing it it's like okay so i, I can give up mace because it's only four points but if mace has claimed two objectives and he's also like done half points on a ship or killed a, another ship i'm trading up all the time yeah, and that, it's yeah. funny you mentioned it because it's exactly the point that um, Dion and the team, whenever they were reviewing Nathan Eide's game, had made something very similar with whichever the two-point Jedi is. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Oh, uh, it's Contrail. It's um, Contrail. the yeah, V-Wing exactly. um, clone pilot. Correct. So if he goes out and grabs an objective and holds on to it for two turns, he's already paid for himself. He's already an even trade with, with he's already done what he was supposed to do. And it's a really interesting way to look at it. If you're going out and taking an eight point ship, for example, and holding a one point objective, is it really doing what it's supposed to be doing? Like the, so the, the problem with a ship like Contrail and that exact mentality mm -hmm. is you can, you can end up circling the, and I don't think the relative points of each individual ship in a list is actually that important because then you go down the rabbit hole of, well, if I if I use Bubba Fett to kill Contrail and it takes me two turns, so Contrail scored two objectives, Bubba Fett only scored two objectives as well and also killed Contrail, so he only earned four, but Contrail paid for himself, but Bubba Fett's still six points in the hole. Mm, you know yeah, what I mean? It, it's a giant... Yeah, like yeah, like there's, you can take those, those things too far. I think it's not to say yeah. it's not not of value, but like 
I wouldn't get to turn three, go Contra has scored three objectives, I can throw them away now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Right, right. And, no, and, I, and that's that's a disingenuous argument, I suppose. I don't think anyone's doing that. Like, yeah, let's get Contrell dead now. He's scored his three <laughs> points, winning. But it's recognising the flow of the game and the pace of the game. So where we used to talk about understanding the pace of like the timings and the rounds and how close you were to time and what your win condition was. So if you needed extra turns and all of that kind of conversations and that being a skill, I think understanding the pacing of the game is actually a massive skill now and yes. i think people are underestimating that turn one turn two points deficit and how big the deal it gets to be because if you give that up and then have one thing not go perfectly and i'm not saying go badly i'm saying not go exactly as you needed it to then you lose your game's basically done right because I can say, well, if I give up six points early or a six-point deficit, so you're on eight points, I'm on two, and I, but I should be able to kill your six-point ship, then I'll be back in the game. If that ship's on one hull and just flies away, suddenly you're on 12 points and I'm on three. Yep. And then if I kill that six-point ship next turn, it doesn't matter anymore, does it? Because I'm on nine, and you're, well, I'll be on ten, and you'll be on like fourteen, no sixteen. 14. Yeah, you'd be on sixteen. So it the timings become really really important. The more the bigger the deficit you allow to grow in the early game, the shorter your clock is at the end. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. My point, of course, is I need to get more reps. I need to start seeing some of these things on the table. Um, I'd like to start like one of the things I kept thinking about the entire time I was watching the the Adepticon game is like I need to watch more X Wing, like I need to watch more objective based X Wing and see what other people are doing because that's you, how I learn. Like what you should do is look for some of Travis uh, Travis Johnson's games on stream. So he was running a four ship Rebel list with Chewbacca in the Ooh. Falcon and just bullying people like it's a good good i think he was definitely on stream at least once um paul was running a four ship scum list with boba fett um does the same kind of thing um so there's definitely a few different ways of doing it and a few things you can look at and do so that's those are games that i'd look for paul heaver's game and any of travis's games that you can find he, like, whether he wins or not is irrelevant. It's just, irrelevant, yeah. Like, yeah. legitimately, like, I distinctly remember in my early days, keeping in mind, X-Wing hadn't picked up here. Like, we were still taking my one big box and just begging people to play the game at that point in time. So the only time I got to see any experience of the, the game on the table was watching oodles and oodles of YouTube uh, videos of people playing. But that's how I learned how some how the strategies of the game work. So I just need to like start picking up the habit. I need to st I need to start thinking X-Wing again. I think that's probably the problem that I'm having because there's not only has it been a while since I've actually started thinking along those lines, but there have been so many additional upgrades that have come out to the game that someone says, oh, I've got this upgrade and I don't know what it does. And that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fine, you know. Uh, is there anything else that you want to cover? I mean, obviously you covered over the event. I mean, I, I know you were down for the count with some Concred, but beyond that. Um, so Chris Mitchell from the um from the UK group was actually over in Calgary. It's funny, so 
he's um, a former Calgarian who moved to the UK. It's called Chris with a K, K R I S. <laughs> um, does a bunch of X Wing stuff, quite involved in the rules side of a game. Does a, a lot of tournament Would organizing. Did you just trade Chris's? Is that how that worked? That, apparently, but it, it's funny because I was saying it's really annoying because people assume I'm him. And he was like, no, people assume I'm you. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, he he's the Canadian Chris who moved to, to UK. I'm the UK Chris who moved to Canada. Okay. But yeah, that was fun. He was he was at the event um, and got I got to play him in the last round. So given that I was playing as a bye, it shows you how well his event went. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> but um, it was good fun. Um, yeah, that's all I have from the event, but we do have a main topic of uh, new cards to talk about. We do. So you've posted some pretty pictures in Discord. We get to take a look at the uh, the two packs of the two packs that are coming yeah. out. We have the clone Z95 Headhunter. Uh, we've got that is confirmed to be a two ships in the pack. We got to take a look at the uh, the neat little dial. I get to make my joke again. Um, cause one of the things I said in our pregame warmup show was that, uh, one of my standing jokes on this show is that, well, it has the most important move in the game, which is the one straight and it's blue. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that statement anymore. And maybe that's just me. It's a little bit of, you know, bitterness, a little bit of sour grapes, maybe coming into that, going into the, I used to believe that was one of the strongest moves in the game because of the ability to be able to slow roll and be able to be able to like slow down and see where your opponents kind of go. I don't know that I agree with that anymore. It's still a oh, good maneuver. The one straight also is if your strategy is to block, it's really a powerful because, you know, if people are trying to do four K's and thinking that you're going to move more or out of the way and, yep, and then you put yourself into the K, you know, the K turns or the loops or whatever. I think the whole turn, the one turn or the one band of maneuvers is the, is pretty highly, um important and i think it was proven heavily you know when you got ships that could decloak and you know could do all those funky things that they could do with the turning and then you know being able to do other things that allowed them to almost go you know do a 360 if they wanted to on the board especially with echo absolutely yeah you know the one straight to me and it also like you said it depends on play style but i think one straight is still the most important maneuver in the game, depending upon playstyle. Now, if you're playing a bunch of Tie Fighters, you don't have one straight, so it's 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 not as important for them in that they can't do it, but it's important against them. At least it was when swarms were. Well, I can tell you there are plenty. Go on, you go ahead. I, I was gonna say I can tell you there are plenty of situations when I was flying Tie Swarms that I wish I had a one straight and couldn't do it. So the problem with the one straight at the moment is that you can't use it in the way that you used to use it, which is what right. Ed is talking about in that, like, if you open with a one straight, well, you just conceded in, like, at least half of the missions then. Yep. Okay. Right. Right. Good. And that's, that, it's when you hit that, the furball. That's where, to me, now yeah. the one straight's important. Especially in, and you'll have to bear with me, but on medium and large base ships, if they have one straights, it's extremely important because it's a massive, you know, that's a massive plate you're moving around on the table 
when it comes to large base. But of course, you don't see much in large base right now. You know, some medium base and mostly small base ships. So, but it is important depending upon your strategy. That's just my whole thing. Yeah, no, I I do agree. Uh, it does have everything in the two range band, except the banks and straight are, of course, blue. It has everything in the three range. Uh, only the straight is blue. It does have a 3K turn, a 4K turn, and a 4 So I don't know if that dial is any I think it's than... the same as a normal one. I'm just going to double exactly. check. Pretty sure it's the same dial, it but it's I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, it is. So we did get to preview a couple of pilots, though, for them. Uh, we do have Warthog coming in at initiative three. Uh, they do have the same baked in. I think it's the same. Maybe I'm wrong. No, they, they don't have the same baked in ability at all. Yeah. As I was Zeds reading it, I was Zeds like, no. don't have an ability. Yeah. As I was, I was just reading, I'm like, wait, I don't think the Zs actually have one now that I'm reading that. Uh, so the baked in ability is going to be a versatile frame. You could equip one torpedo or a missile upgrade. And while you reveal a maneuver that is blue, add a white boost to your action bar. That's interesting. Um, and then, of course, we have Warthog coming in at three. After you or a friendly non-limited ship at range zero to two are destroyed during the engagement phase, uh, that ship may, is not removed until the end of the phase. So kind of yeah. give him the... It's, it's got his same abilities and he does in a lot for Warthog, which has been um, obviously nerfed somewhat because of the non-prevalence or the, uh, the lack of generic ships. So, Correct. Yeah, and going... No, going um, back on to like, talk about the actual uh, versatile frame ability, uh, this is twofold. Obviously, a standard Z95 used to have a missile swap. Um, obviously, the, the variable swaps has obviously changed all of that now. But having that, like nothing that AMG do, does can ever take this away from you. They can give you no. They can give you no loadout value. But if there's ever a zero point missile or torpedo, you know you've always got it. They can't take it away. I was curious about that. And again, this is probably still left over from FFG development, if I had to take a guess. Um, It's interesting, though, because it it, it is interesting to me in that why would they print that on the card and not... Like, even under FFG's um, control of the game, they were doing Um, that in the points things. Why um, would they... So the M3A... Uh, has had the the hard point ability. The T seventy has the hard point ability. Mm. It just gives you some versatility in what you want to put on it. Um, I like I like the options. Obviously, I need twelve world out if I'm going to put a proton torpedo on it. But even yep. at like a seven point, I'm I'm saying seven and I doubting myself. Um, I need something with a torpedo swap quickly. Um, there we go. Uh, yeah, plasma torpedoes at seven. Yep, uh, it's an upgrade to a Z95's primary attack of two, and then you get the plasma torpedo um, ability on top of that. So uh, if these guys can run plasmas, that's a a beefy little uh, little damage dealer there. I agree, hundred um, percent. The the ability for a boost, I actually think, is quite nice as well. So do I. Um, Right, you've got one, two, three straights are blue, um, and then the two banks are blue. I think probably doing a little bit of like two bank one way into a one bank boost the other way, doing those little S moves will be quite useful. But unless you have some coordination, which um, I think you do get access to through battle meditation and things in Jedi, 
Um, it's going to be difficult to get the most out of it because I don't want to be boosting my C95 because then they'll just explode. Yeah, I'm really excited for these. I know a few people have been like, yeah, a two dice primary attack ship for Republic to go alongside the V19s, the the B Wing, uh, the, the sorry, V19s, the V Wing, the Naboo fighter, and the lot. All of these are just two dice ships. Um, yep. The Aether Sprite, um, unless you do seven Bs, a two dice attack. You know, so uh, people are a little bit like, but I'm how, I'm how the opposite way. Uh, with versatile frame, I'm actually the opposite way. I think this could be really cool. I, I, yeah, I agree. Hopefully, they. I don't know where where I would fit it in, because like they've done the, the V wings as a cheap platform, and the V nineteen torrents as a more expensive barrage missile carrying things. So these, if they sit somewhere between the two, because it's not as good of a dial as a V wing, but it's a better dial than the V nineteen. Um, so well, yeah. All they have to do is put Anakin in it, so Anakin can fly all the ships. Uh, Anakin can't have a... <laughs> the, the problem... that That's the, uh, the lament of a Republic player, is, oh, my only I-6 is Anakin. It's like, oh, whatever. Oh, darn. Oh, uh, darn. And uh, you get the... The First Order has the same problem of Kylo competing with Kylo, and you can only have one Kylo. Yep. But, right. that There's a lot of different questions to do for the, the Republic players like what I was chatting with someone um, the other week of like if you do uh, where's the argument to field Anakin in the, the Delta 7B at the moment because you can just take him in for the same number of points you can take Anakin in the Y-Wing and Contrail yeah so like yeah. there's one of those things is wrong I shouldn't be able to <laughs> Should be able to do both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so um, I'm actually relatively excited about the, um, the Z95s. I'm probably going to get two two boxes, so I have four. Yeah, um, I can. It's hard because generics are dead, but I also kind of like the ship. So. Generics? Again, I, I I still feel like it's too early to make that call. Generics are dead right now because it's uh, no. They they said they wanted generics to be the last choice. Yeah, generics. There's there's no point in them anymore. Uh, and that's in that they have said multiple times on stream that it's an intentional design choice that they want generics to be the last thing you reach for. If you want to fly five of this airframe, they want four of them to be a named pilot. Like they're, they're actively costing them to be oh. unappealing. I wonder why. Like, um, so they uh, don't quote me on this exactly because I'm obviously paraphrasing from memories of like half listening to streams. But effectively, no one plays Star Wars games to be the random X Wing pilot. You play a Star Wars game to be Luke Skywalker, Wedge, and Biggs doing a trench run. Yeah, and I don't, I don't argue with that mentality. I don't. But again, and I know we had this argument whenever everyone was complaining about um, generics taking over the game. Generics had a role in the game. There was a reason why they were there. 
because you just buy more of them and more and more generics. Uh, sorry, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Well, what it meant is that I can increase the volume of the amount of ships that are there. Um, there are, there were. I still think that, I still think that there are. But there were st- um, tactical reasons for taking lower initiative pilots. And back in those days, lower initiative pilots were generic. It's like you'd want to have those initial one and twos in there for blocking purposes. So I, I get that nobody wants to play the, you know, nameless TIE fighter. But if that nameless TIE fighter happens to pull in a good bank and block someone and take out all their tokens and then they become an easy target moving forward... That's a different story. Like there, there were tactical reasons for wanting to field generics. In the- yeah. Well, I think I think if you look at what this company does with their other game, there are no generic superheroes in their other game. They're all superheroes. So, yeah. you know, the conceptually, if you're designing the game, you know, and and I agree with it in that if you're designing a game, you want the best that you can do. Now, at the beginning of X Wing. I think generics existed because you didn't have enough named people in Star so you had to have the the generics and they pulled a lot of stuff out of what's now legends too. They did. Which which forced you to have, you know, named generics. It's it's I think the game design is different today than it was ten years ago and will be or even eleven, twelve years ago when the game probably started design. I, I think that that's what we're going to see moving forward is the game, you know, as Chris stated, people want to play Luke. They want to play Wedge. They want to play Anakin. They want to play. My big problem is, is when you have a faction that is so outrageous with named pilots, you know, that you and really need to scale. Where I was going to go. You, you have to scale that back to make the game so that you can put other named pilots from other factions on board to make it playable you know um, yeah that was that, that, be one of my major counter arguments was going to be if it get, if, if that's the design choice and we're going into the every pilot is a named pilot then we need to start considering scaling back or scaling up in points for some of those because legitimately if that's what it's going to come down to it's going to be everybody's running named pilots and everybody's got special abilities and it's i mean it just it kind of unbalances it if you're a faction like oh i don't know first well, order for example so, so let's pause for a minute right so your statement there is that um if they're gonna make these like these cards that are all named pilots then some of them are going to be overpowered is that is that cor- correct to what you were just saying no it's more along more along the lines for game balancing for factions who do not have enough um, but, but which pilots. faction doesn't have enough named pilots well, I was thinking Tell the first one. one. Pick one. The fir- first order was the first one that jumped okay. in for me. Stop. Pause. Let's go and look at first order. Yeah, I've been looking okay. at them myself. Yeah. So pick a ship. Oh, uh, let me pull. Let me pull. I'm going to look at the same thing that you're looking at. Yeah. So we're on the same page. So if I were to go first order, let's grab. No, that's not first order. That's first order. Give me that one. Let's grab. I don't know the shuttle. How many for, how many pilots do they have in there? Four, eh, three. Four. Only one of them are yeah. One of them's named. So one of them is a generic, and three named. And that's that's what um, they've done is these ones that have fewer fewer pilots. More there's more named than non-named. Yeah. Yeah. So shall we shall and we roll? Usually... Do you want me to get? I, I will. If I will argue your side for you, that's how confident I am that I'm going to change your mind. 
Okay, well, so, I, so the I best see. the ship you should have picked is the Thai BA Interceptor. That's got only one generic, and it's only got three named pilots, and it's a nice cheap generic that you could spam. Do you want to know cool. how many people spam them? None. Zero. Do you want to know why? Because the name pilots are better. So, yeah, and that's and that, that, that's, that's f- true. Sorry, Sean, that's true through the life of the ship, not right. through two point five. And and that's the thing is that I think though, so so what I think I think the hard part is retraining the brain. Yeah, to understand that you would spam generics in the old game. You know, yeah. Look at how many academy ties you would have with Howlrunner in the first two waves of the game because there just wasn't enough that was good for a 100-point list. I mean, let's be honest, Sean. When was the last time um, people spammed unnamed TIE fighters? People... I I, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, like the TIE Swarm in 2.5 was all named TIEs anyway. You might have had one generic. Right. If you were trying to trim points somewhere. What I'm talking about, Chris, though, is the thinking you had in the past compared to the thinking today, where... The cost of named ships a lot of times in 100 point and then 200 point would be too much for them. You know, it's that that's the return on investment. What are you going to get out of a named pilot or what can you get out of an unnamed, you know, pilot? And that's what I'm going for here is that you just have to change your way of thinking. And I've already done that. When I look at, you know, Marvel Crisis Protocol, every single, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, every single character in that is named. Uh, they've just added um, like groups of minions, which are like three models on a base. Yeah. So they've got yeah, like and shield agents and like ninjas right. or something. But I don't but, know anything but, about how that works. Yeah, but I'm looking at you know just how you build the basic game, and and I'm not looking at now. You know, I'm looking at just over time. You know, I have the whole guy. The ones that I bought were all named yeah. bad guys or good guys, and. I really think, and I'll be honest with you, I like this developmental process where you have named pilots that have some value. You know, it's more fun that they have skills. Where it's may not be as fun is when you're playing against lists that just, but you so, know, that have 100% synergy in some way. That That's where it gets difficult. But then I also look at it as, why can't I play those same lists? You know? So the, the difference for me, Sean, and so go on, and you go. Oh, no, no, no. I was just agreeing. Yeah. So, yeah, the the point for me, which I was going to argue against for for where, Ed, where I thought Ed was going, is that I don't, I don't actually think the, I don't think X-Wing players want generics. They'll tell you they want generics, but they're not, they don't. At no point have we ever allowed a good generic list to remain a good generic list. It's just never been allowed. Yeah, I agree. Right. We don't well, want generics to be good. In the beginning, I think what happened is the rock, paper, scissors in the no, beginning. No, no, I'm going to push against this because like, you can't talk about wave one. And oh, well, everyone was happy with tie swarms. We'll no, get, no, no, no. I'm no. talking about wave two, wave three, wave yeah, four. Yeah, but that's why the game was irrelevant before game four, wave four, though, Sean. It wasn't a real competitive game. I agree with that, too. Yeah. yeah. I do agree with that, yes. Like, but the, even, even down the road, though, when you hit wave four, wave five, wave six, it's the rock, paper, scissor element that came out when they would release new ships that would take other ships out of the game. As an example, you know, 27, 16, 15, 16, 17, you had, you had the viability of the Han lists 
that took that, out. No, but that's not a, a, a generic, a generic list, Sean. That's what I'm talking about. No, no, no. Uh, but you, you had like you, you did have generic lists. I mean, when I see what people played when they played B wings and Y wings together, yeah, things like that. Four B one Z was a pretty darn competitive yeah, but, list. Yeah, but yeah. but people were, and that's my point. People didn't like it. People weren't no, happy. No, no, no. no. I, I agree. Was good. I, I agree with you in that. You know that yeah. people would play it. People would say we want them, but people would bitch about them at the same time. Yeah, well, like, at no point has there been a top tier generic list that people were happy with and like, oh, that's great. I, I love it when I play all my name pilots and get shit on by these generics because it's all efficient. Like, yeah, none, no, none of the archetypal names are complimentary. Like, oh, Rebel Beef it isn't a like an appealing name for something, is it? Like. Compare the name Rebel Beef to Squad of Legend for Imperial side. Yeah. So, so at the start of 2.0, you've got Squad of Legend or Rebel Beef. Which one of those sounds like the more appealing list to play? No, I agree. Like, no, I agree. Just the entire mentality around the X-Wing player base is that, yeah, we want efficient generics because it adds another aspect to the... No one does. People want to think that generics were efficient, so that when they flew around the side of them and killed them with their aces, they were good. Not that the generics were shit. No, I agree. And that's, I'm not trying to be insulting to ace players, because I do it as well. But I think, <laughs> like, I, do, I don't think there's any issue. And by removing generics, this is where I've, we were kind of moving the point on to and what Sean was mentioning about what he likes about the current way that we're doing it and how AMG's approach has changed. Now, if you just, if you say, if you want to play generics, you can, this is what they cost. No, it's not yep. efficient. We agree. <laughs> but, but as soon as you remove the fact that generics have to be costed correctly as a concern, that opens up for costing to do all of the name pilots correctly so you can actually say, this is the best pilot and it costs this many points because this is how many points it's worth. This is the second best pilot, this is the third best pilot. Oh, the generic's actually the fourth best pilot, but I can't cost it at this because you could take seven of them. Yeah. As, no, soon, yeah. as soon as you put a break point of like, oh, I don't need to be able to run X of these. Like, we, How many times have we discussed the ship and said... Uh, it gets silly before it gets good. Yep, I was just yep. just gonna ready to bring that argument up. Yeah, and like, I don't think the uh, to argue against myself, I have two arguments on why I think generics should be viable. One, I think that having generics that are fine is good for new players, but the counter to that argument is that it doesn't matter because new players are always going to run play a trench run anyway. Or that, you know, they're always going to run right. the aces because that's what's cool and that's why we want to No one comes to a game to play Red Squadron veterans. It's, it's just, that's not why people come to a game. They want right. to run Luke, Wedge and Biggs. Uh, well, and if you're, if you're designing a game for the coffee table as being the, you know, the, the primer for this, nobody wants to run a generic on the coffee table. Yeah. And I think the second point that I would have is that, and I I don't know, I don't know that this is a, f a fair argument against AMG here, but I think that some factions should have generics as part of their innate identity. I think tie fighter, I think generic tie fighters should be viable. I think 
um, droids, the generics should probably be just as good as the named ones because they're all like the the entire point of a droid swarm in my head is that you know the identity of cis should be that they're all nameless robots and like that like, you you can obviously run maul and all of the cool like Gre- maul grievous and django or whatever and beating that up, that's cool too i'm not trying to take away that set but i think that i don't personally think that there's anything wrong like, if you let me yeah let me reframe my thing. If I was in charge, I would allow CIS to have good generics. How about that as a statement? I don't think that's wrong. Yeah, because they're going to spam. You know, that's all concept, yeah. right? Yeah, I, but for example, resistance, I don't think the resistance should have good generics. I've, I think every resistance ship should have a name and it should be a, a hero fighting against the tyranny of the galaxy because that's their identity. Yeah, I can see that. You know, you know what I mean. That's so. I, I'm not saying we should get rid of all generics. I think that we should be more careful about where we allow generics to be good, and that comes all down into your design philosophy and everything like that. But yeah, so I don't think generic Z95 headhunters for Republic should be good. So I don't think Warthog will ever have a place, which should close out us talking about Warthog and allow us to move on to Hawk. <laughs> Well, we're going to get there eventually. All right, Hawk is coming S- in. A- seamless transition. Seamless. A hundred percent. Hawk coming in at initiative four. At the start of the end phase, each friendly ship at zero to one range uh, that has, re- has revealed a maneuver of speed three to five may gain one strain token to perform a barrel roll or boost action. So I'm just going to say before we go into this, I love... How you you start reading these as if they're first edition cards, and you're really excited, and then you get further and further into the number of words in there, and you're like, "Oh fucking hell, FFG, why did you do this to me? <laughs> oh man, why, why is this? Why does this stem, sentence have fifteen caveats and like a triggering why ability that that relies on something else? I, I, it's got to be a ship that's so far away that did what to do something else. What was the cost for this ability? What does it even let me do? What, is, what am I even doing with this thing? I, I've been talking for 10 minutes and I don't know what the ability does yet. Oh, you, you know, here's the question. <laughs> well, I, I get that, Chris, and I, you are correct. There's a lot of words on these cards. <laughs> Way too many words. You know, going back to shipbuilding really quick or or generics or ships or whatever, you know, would it have been better if this game would have been built out where you spend points on loadout rather than on upgrades? So you spend, as an example, you, you know, your loadout value on Warthog, let's say, is 15, and it costs five points to up your your uh two to attack power to a three. Or oh, you, I know what you, you mean. You get what I'm talking about? You know, rather than having so you just a thousand have... a thousand cards, you'd have a small grouping of cards that would enhance like torpedoes and missiles. So basically hull upgrade, shield upgrade for every stat line effectively. Potentially, yes. Yeah. You could you could buy those rather than spending cards on or spending points on you know, trying to line up 10 cards because that's what your ship can handle, you would actually build out your actual stats on your ship with points and so, then have potential point spending towards 
an EPT, you know, or whatever they're called now, you know, instead of having all of this extra chaff in there, you could basically add torpedoes and missiles or a pilot skill that you're, instead of having the one on the card, you can add a pilot skill. So one of the things that um, I I was chatting with um, the other day, um, which directly calls into like the point you're making is the, we were talking about the difference between hull upgrade and shield upgrade is like when you're playing a game or running an event or whatever um like shield upgrade is really good because you just add an extra shield token right so no one ever struggles to remember if you've got a shield upgrade or not but hull upgrade's really difficult to keep track of because there's no indication that you have it other than the card and if there's right. 17 cards out Hull upgrades a nightmare because you're like, okay, well, these two ships have got hull upgrades. You had points left over. This one over there doesn't. That one has a shield and a hull. This guy's got a stealth device. So he's got an extra agility. Uh, that one's got a stealth device and a shield. And you're like, okay, so how many hits do I need before I kill it? Right. <laughs> and I, I think the mental drain of a card like hull upgrade is actually a detriment to the game. I don't I agree. and I don't know how much, uh, I think I would agree with you if it wasn't cards it was some kind of dial or something That's that what you, I'm talking you set about. You all had the dials, dials at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, like you had like, little like from like Armada, Armada ships for example, Armada yeah. Shields. yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is the other thing that's interesting to me is that they gave everybody a chassis upgrade in that you could do hole upgrade, you could do green dice upgrade, you could do shield upgrade, but you couldn't upgrade your weapon. Yeah. In this game. Well, that's you know, what patterns were for. Well, I get that, but I'm just saying it's, you know, on a two dice ship, it's always a two dice ship for attacking. Yeah. You know, and you know why couldn't I have ha had? And I know that this is pointless talk, but. Why couldn't I have, I have had an ability to make it a three-day ship? So what I will say, Sean, um, this is just where I get to go off on a random tangent about a different game that no one else has played. Um, you, if you do that style of... Um, um, what, how would we, what would we term that? Can, that, um, that? That style of upgrades, uh, it becomes fairly dry as a game. Um, for example... Epic 40,000 was a version of the Epic game system for, for uh, Warhammer that was after Adeptus Titanicus and Space Marine. Then they did Epic 40,000, and then it went to uh, Epic Armageddon, and now it's Adeptus Titanicus again. But Epic 40,000 um, came at a time where there was a million different like units and... Um, Adeptus Titanicus was just Titans fighting each other, but they had like D100 tables for where your hits were and the damage went through, and it was very, it was a lot of minutiae and detail to the game. Then Space Marine worked in cohort with it in that it added the infantry and the tanks so you could have infantry formations and you could go down to this infantry formation, it's got anti tank weaponry. This one's got, and like the, you're talking about two millimeter, like six millimeter models here. On the table, like it was you know, a really, really cool game. By the yeah, way. 
Um, and then it, it was just overly complex and it was, you spent more time referencing tables and like hit locations than you did playing the game. So for Warhammer, um, Warhammer 40,000, no, Epic 40,000, it? it was Epic 40k. Yeah, Epic mm -hmm. 40,000 is the, the version I'm talking about. They effectively, every upgrade just moved you down a firepower column. So it's like, oh, I'm going to add this weapon. Okay, so you get plus one to your firepower level. And then I've got two of them, so that gives you another plus. And it just moved you down a table. And all it was was, like, this number compared to that number, and you roll this dice. And it it felt very bland and very dry as a game and was very unpopular compared to the popularity of a game like Adept Titanic and Space Marine. So when they redid it again, they removed a lot of that and added... Um, some like minutia back in with Epic Forty Thousand, uh, Epic Armageddon. Jesus, too many different versions of that game. Need too many. Yeah, but that, that would be my fear. Uh, if you go that way, it becomes very, very dry. Like, I think most ships would just bump up the red number first. Then you bump up, like, if you if. The you'd green. bump up the red and green. You'd bump like you, up red and green first. Like you do, to a point, I think, you you bump up red and in, until you wouldn't let you. Then whatever you had left, you'd take green, because the green number's tied exponentially to, not exponentially, the other way around. Um, mm -hmm. like the higher a red number, the bigger a green number has to be to be to of, of, of any value. Like Because of the way the dice are designed. Yeah. Because it's I'm canceling seven versus six. Yeah. Yeah, I'm canceling. Right, it's not even the the way. It's because I, I'm rolling a static number against the number of results you got. Mm -hmm. So if I'm only if I'm only ever rolling one dice, I can only ever roll one dice. It's not like a game like Legion, where my defense die are tied to a number of hits you got. So in Legion, if I get if I shoot at you with my five attack dice and they all hit. I then roll five defense, five defense dice. dice. Yeah. If I roll my five attack dice and only get one hit, I then only roll one defense dice. X-Wing doesn't work yeah, like that. It's, it's static numbers. So the value of a five dice or a six dice attack is exponentially more against a zero agility ship compared to a four agility ship. Yeah, no, no, no. And I, I understand yeah. exactly where you're talking about. My big thing is just there's a lot of cards on the table in this fucking game. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I, and, and I think this, would, this, this, you know, because you'd put limitations, you know, this chassis cannot have more than three red dice. You know, it starts with two and you're buying no, one. That, that's what, but do you, so given the game we currently have, rather than like reinventing the wheel, I think a better solution would be to reduce loadout value across the board to make it so that there's less cards on the table. I agree yeah. with that too. I do agree with that. Like the there are solutions to the problem you're talking about, and I think a lot of it is kind but, of try, trying to find that balance in that we are in version one my question, of. My, my, my question wasn't about that. My question was, if they were doing it again, would it be better to do that? Not with the current state of the game and the way the game is played. If they reinvented the game, you know it my opinion would be it would be better to build chassis rather than have 8,000 cards that you have to track to build a ship. I don't That's just know. me personally. I don't think it would you know. be 
better or worse. I think it would be different. And I think yeah. that if you were doing it again, you'd design in such a way that you didn't need... So like, world out value to me at the moment is one of the knobs that you get to turn for balance. Right. And because a lot of the ships are fucking terrible, you have to turn that knob quite a long way before right. it makes an, it has an effect. Uh, I mean, we can... Are we all still on the first order page? Like, or whatever. Where were we? Like, let's look at the... Like, where are we? What's the useless... The, where, what are the useless abilities? Like, I'm trying to think of a pilot. So Contrail is a perfect example here. Contrail uh, is... People will argue that Contrail's ability is... No, in fact... Oh, I've got the best. I've got the best example. Go to Scum, and then we're oh. going to go to Mining Guild TIE Fighters. Mining Guild. Then we are going to go to Overseer Yushun. There's a lot of words here, so bear with me. Before a friendly ship at range 1 would gain a disarm token, if that ship is not stressed, you may spend one of your recurring charge. If you do... That ship gains one stress token instead. It's an initiative two TIE fighter that lets a different ship that has to be at range one of it gain a stress token instead of instead of a disarm token. That ability is fucking atrocious. <laughs> at what so what amount of loadout do you have to be able to give this initiative two TIE fighter to make up for the fact that this ability is so much worse than Captain Seavor, for example. And I, I've... The only way I would ever field Overseer Yishun is if I really wanted to fly ships that added up to 18 points and Overseer Yishun was the only two-point ship in the in the faction. Yeah. There is no other way... Like, out of spite, I would probably field a mining guild surveyor instead of overseation. <laughs> like, I, I'd rather not. I, no, I would, in honesty, but if you, without actually pandering and like, you know, the banter side of the podcast, I would rather pay three points for a mining guild sentry at initiative one than pay three points for overseation with six points of ward out. Yeah. Because I would value the initiative one over the initiative two with the ability and loadout. Yeah, I agree. So I would never. That's how bad those words are on that ability. Right. So like, how high do you have to twist a loadout knob for me to give it give a shit that you've given me any loadout? And that's the problem. I I think rather than doing what you're talking about, Sean, I would just not make shit abilities. Exactly. Like, Overseer I mean, Yushun doesn't need to exist. We didn't need to do that. Hmm. Like, I could have just not made this card. It would have been fine. And and this is where the problem lies when you have ships being released that were made by one company having to be dealt with by another. I don't even know. It's not even the other company. It's, like, different designers and different philosophies and, like, make, like... Well, and, I'm talking uh, you, about, you can you know, see exactly what happened here. There was... Like, there's obviously a ship in the faction or that we were working on at the time. It was like, oh, man, this is really good, but it gets disarmed all the time. If only there was a ship that stopped it from getting disarmed. Oh, well, what about if this ship 
can synergize right. with that shit. And it's like, you know what? You're just not though, are you? are not going to do it because why would like you? Right. Obviously, your shun brings nothing else to the table other than a, a shitty gimmick of an ability, and that ability is on a three hole tie fighter that is just going to die. Like the second right. I recognize that you need this ability to trigger to make your list work, oh fucking look at that! Your tie fighter's dead. Who knew? Like, right. the, like in the one instance you might be able to force it. You're gonna get it to trigger once before your tie fight is dead, right? Exactly. <laughs> I, so, I don't know. It's I, I just I find you know the game. There's a lot of things in the game. Number one, abilities. You know, does every name pilot have to have an ability? Um. Well, mm, there is a good question because there are functionally named pilots in the Star Wars universe that literally are on screen bounce off of Darth Vader and hit a wall. And that is their functional value in the movies. Now, don't give a shit about books, but in move in the movie, that's basically what happened. You sent five TIE fighters after the, after the uh, Millennium Falcon or four TIE fighters after the Millennium Falcon and all four get blown up. I'm sure they all have names, but they did relatively nothing in the movies. Well, and I'm thinking, Sean, even so much so in the game, how many times have we're like, I, I'm thinking, what was it? It was the, um, the only I nine back in first edition for scum was Talon Bane Cobra. And nobody <laughs> ever used his ability. The only well, the, reason what was that, that on the Curax fighter or whatever it was. Yeah. Like the well, only, it was a shit ship. It was a ship. Anyone was... ever fielded him was because he was the only I nine that they, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, was it initial? I mean, Pilot skill nine back. Yeah, I, I think that you're right, Sean. If that uh, if you were starting again with AMG, if it so let's just you if AMG to a third edition, yep. I don't think every named pilot needs to have an ability. Or if they do, yep. I don't think the abilities need to be complex. I think right. that was an FFG design goal, and they made complex abilities to try and counteract the raw efficiency of generics instead right. of AMG have said, "Well, why would you do that when you can just not have generics?" Exactly. And like that, I, I, I'm, I'm truthfully at this point hoping for 3.0. That, that is like my hope in this game is that AMG gets a shot with it and to redo the whole damn thing. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but that's my hope because I hope to see a lot of this stuff go away. That has, I don't know. At this point, there's just too many ships. There's too many, too many things going on in the game that kind of take away from it where you're, you're no longer playing, you're no longer playing a dogfight game. You're playing a dogfight game that has objectives, you know, that has another whole element in the game that three quarters of the ships with names that have abilities probably will never see play because they don't do well in this new environment for the back of the book. Well, and I could see like specific pilots getting abilities changed that actually affect the mission effect. Thank um, you. That affect like that, that, that create the, the purpose of the game, right? Their, their purpose now, right now you're using pilots, pilot abilities in a game that they weren't designed for. Right. So like, for example, like if there was a pilot that said, uh, when you go to claim and claim an objective, you automatically claim the objective. You don't have to roll for it. Like the the bane of my existence when I'm trying to flip those. I oh, reckon shit. it's still, yeah, oh, like, shit. trying to roll would, a die against Chris especially. 
<laughs> has 8,000 force points, you know, not right. kidding there. But but- I, I agree with this statement. Like, legitimately, like, there, there are pilot abilities that no longer function the way that they were designed to, or they were designed to function in a very different game than what it is now. I 100% right. agree with this. Yeah, and that's they why could from- fix that, though. They could honestly fix that with those pilot like instead of like you know, and I'm gonna pick my I'm gonna pick my boy instead of Vader's ability doing X, it does Y. Like they right. just re- they release a new uh, pilot pack for every faction in the game that then changes their abilities. Now I don't know how that functions with their contract with LFL. Again, we're un- operating under old information the way that it used to be with the contract with FFG. Like if they were gonna do a new printed card, it had to go through you know, LFL and they had to approve it before they were allowed to print it. So, I mean, so they can't errata abilities flat out like that, but they, uh, they errata the Nantes. I was going to say, but they kind of did. But, but uh, the way that I look at it is it'd be cool to see a guy like Vader who can blow up a planet with his mind, be able to pull the satellite to him and, yes. and be able to capture, you know, that, you know, that would be a neat ability in the current state of the game. Now, I understand AMG chose to change the game into this current state. Correct. Knowing that all of these ships are the way that they are, and they did points differently and loadouts and all that stuff. But when I see ships like this coming out, it's just they're, they're I'm not compelled in any way. Like, there's nothing that the current state of the game has that makes me excited for these ships. Like, I'll go out and I'll buy a lot, truthfully. It, to me, I'll buy a lot because they're cool. I bought the, the, um, God damn it, the Gauntlet, the Mandalorians ship. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, the, the Razor Crest. Razor Razor Crest. So I went out and bought that because I think it's a cool ship. I don't think it's totally viable for the current state of the game, but I think it's a cool looking ship. Well, and we had this conversation. We legitimately had this conversation at the tail end of first edition where. Had the game reached the point where there was just so much bloat, like how many, like similar to the argument we just had whenever we had about the, with the the Z ninety five coming into to rebels, like well, how many more two attack die ships can you add to this faction? Like it's not exciting, like it doesn't fill a role, it doesn't fill a need. Like at some point in time, there's going to be ship bloat to the point where, like any new ship, like unless it does something completely off the wall bonkers, doesn't have a role. In, in, in the in the faction that it's going into. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I, like I said, for me, I think that they could genuinely fix this with pilot pack upgrade cards exactly. that were designed for 2.5. And I agree. All of, you have some of these pilots that now have either useless abilities or abilities like Chris was pointing out that now that if that pilot got a new card with a different title underneath of it that said automatically flip objectives, all of a sudden that pilot, which was useless, I mean, now I, becomes... What I'm going to say, Ed, is I think the correct solution to what you're talking about is that you just modify the scenario rules to say you just claim you just flip it. Because why is that random? Genuinely, why is that a random chance, AMG? Why would you do that? Yeah. Because, so, so talking about that, I I think we can all safely agree that we're not talking about clones Z95s anymore. We've moved on. Get a grip. Hawk exists. It's okay. Cool. Yeah. We're not going to use him. He lots better because he's got all the loadouts. So this pilot will never see play because him in the lot exists and it's better. Unless you're not in the lot. Whatever. Yeah, cool. We'll talk, we'll talk about that next week. Don't worry about it. Okay. 
Because Chris and I want to talk about this. <laughs> well, well we've, not that. We've been talking about this for an hour now. So for an hour, was, yeah, yeah. It's been an hour, yeah. Right. It's true. Where we basically talked about the state of the game for yeah. But, I mean, that's good. It's still X-Wing talk, you know. Um, 100%. But the only... That, the, so we're talking about Scramble, the transmission. Specific. Uh, when it's unclaimed, it is automatic when you spend the action. But if it is claimed and your opponent tries to, to claim it, it automatically goes to new, a neutral state, then you roll a die, and on any paint result, on a red dice, it becomes the person who did the action. So me and, Ed are, yeah, me and Ed are playing, I'm blue, Ed's red, it's blue. Ed tries to claim it, it goes to neutral, then he rolls a dice, if he gets any paint, it goes to whatever color I said Ed was, I forgot. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But, five times. Yeah, but, this five but time. what, why is that random? But why? I, I what? What does that add to the game? Because I think all that happens is when you when you fail, I feel bad. I, if you you failed twice in a game, which gave me that exponential lead, which is what right one of the reasons why too. I won. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that happened to me too, yeah. Chris. And it's like I don't I don't get to feel good about you. It's like yeah, you rolled a dice and it didn't come up the correct result. I'm so good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think the thought process behind it is probably some sort of balancing issue to say that an objective isn't flipping three times or four times in a turn. Like, oh, my ship got here. So why now it's why isn't it? I mean, it, it could but still. But it should. It but, actually uh, should. I mean, I, I agree. I the, there's levels of randomness that add to the game, like attack dice and defense dice on attacks. Right. As, as not just dealing out set numbers of damage for every ship attack. Like not having to reference a chart for my three attack dice ship is now going to shoot at your two attack dice ship. I am at close range and have you target what That gives me a plus four modifier to my three attacks. When I reference that to the range and the fact that you're behind an asteroid and you've got self-device means that you have a defense of six. I reference this on the table in page 17 and I deal one damage to you. Uh, that just seems like the fucking dullest thing ever. I want to roll dice, okay? But when I've got a... Like, you saw how many times I do it when I'm flying my four-ship list. Two ships will go to try and claim one of your objectives because I don't want it to be random. Forget it. Uh, and then my first ship will do it and my second ship will sit with its thumb up its ass. Like, I'm playing against the randomness because I have to. And, like, that's fine. If that's the reason, great. Okay, well done. I'm ahead of the game because I'm already playing against the randomness. But it it's not a 50-50. If it was 50-50, I could understand. This is the, the gas cloud for rolling for strain argument all over again of why it's these weird choices of results. If you you want it to be random, but you want it to happen more often than not. Well, fuck off. Either make it happen or make it random. Or make it not. Yeah. Like because oh, well, like it, it's one of those. Okay, Ed, we're gonna play a game. Um, we're gonna roll a d one hundred, and if you roll a one, you lose. If I roll anything else, it's fine. Uh, you know, like and yep. Oh, look at that! It came up. Like, oh, oh, playing D and D, the the critical fail and that one comes up five percent of the time. Yeah. Hey, hey, Ed, right. this was the greatest redirect onto the next ship ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if we're covering it at this well, point. Are we? we just giving it. you crap there, Chris, because that was funny. <laughs> oh, just like. Uh, I just don't. Why? 
know. It just feels bad. Like all all having this scenario feature that is a random roll does is is introduce the opportunity for us both to feel bad about what came up on the, the face of your dice. Yeah, because man. if you pulled off a great maneuver, managed to land just in range, and my block didn't work, like, I'm trying to guard it, and you got there, and I'd failed to kill a ship in the last turn, and you're going to get an objective, which is going to get you a win, and then you roll a dice, and it comes up a blank. It's like, oh, oh, sorry, man. You deserve to win that game, but you didn't. Yep. And then the the ship that you've got's got a sh- minimum of a two suite in the maneuvers, and you're gonna be all, you're gonna be 100 percent out for the next one. So you can't even claim it. Uh, it's not especially. like, but it, it cost you an action to yes, not do it. It, did. it cost especially, me especially especially Ed when it's a rogue class starfighter that does it. <laughs> no. um, I'm oh, done. I don't give a fuck to- anymore. Oh, you don't want to pull it back in? Yeah, maybe you want, like, but I think there's probably more value of talking about it next week. But yeah, like, <laughs> I, I see, I agree with you, Chris, on all of that. But right now, that's not the way the game is designed. So now we go into all these other things uh, that play uh, into it, and 3.0 is just a better way to do it. Or, like Ed said, put card packs out with all the new pilots, you know, and what they can do and make it so that it's a, instead of having to buy all new ships and buy a new core set and do all that, hell, here's 3.0 in a card pack. Yeah, and we're not doing it as an upgrade kit. We're going to do with what's in black boxes, you know, already yeah. out. Like, so anything else, way to do it. anything else that they produce can have rule. So that's, I mean, it, it, and again, that's a thought that didn't come across until you brought it up, uh, Sean, but as, as we're, I'm sitting here thinking about that, like, you're right. In the fact that not only am I, is am I trying to change my uh, how I play the game to a two point five mentality with these objectives and those objectives in mind, there are a lot of pilots and abilities and skills that were designed out there that were not designed for this at and all, we'll, and will never be. You know, or well, I mean, basically, you're trying to jam, you know, eighty five round pegs into one tiny, tiny, tiny square hole with this, and and that's the problem that I see right now is that it's a fun game, but if people are still playing the game to blow you off the board and winning, there's a problem. That's where I'm coming. This comes from what Chris talked about earlier with a list out there that basically won the tournament because he was destroying ships rather than collecting the objective points. Uh, I would argue the the... There has to be a middle ground. I think that you should be able to win the game with a list that's designed to kill your opponent exclusively. I, I agree. And I think you should be able to win the game with a list that's designed to only play the scenarios. I agree. But right now, it's not really balanced that way. I've, I think it's that we don't know how the game works yet. I think it's all too new, and I don't think I any of us are I, good I do enough. agree with that, too. Yeah. I agree with that, too. I, I'm that... So there's two different things here, right? There's a conversation about the core mechanics of the game being balanced. An example of that would be what I was talking about for why we have a random role for if a satellite switches or not. Right. That's a core balance issue that we're talking about. The I'm saying that I don't I've I think that that's okay in and of itself, like the entirety of the core mechanics of the game is fine. I don't have a problem with that form of balance. I might not agree with the random choice, and that is something I would argue against and is unbalanced because it makes the game less fun. Like that dice roll makes the game less fun. I would argue the roll for road makes the game more fun. 
because yeah. it and bear with me i know there's a lot of people who don't like road whatever but i'm getting used to it at this no, point yeah like, but like so i was having a conversation with chris about chris mitchell at the event about it. i was like the reason why i've always been in favor of road is because i think that by adding in a, a potential unknown of if i am i first or second and that being an unknown branch in the space-time continuum of the multiverse, we don't know which tree we're going to go go off onto. I have two decisions to make now. If it like, what's the best move for this? What's the best move for that? What's the best move that covers it? I enjoy that. I understand why people don't. That's irrelevant to a conversation. But in my opinion, that random roll adds to the game. I think yeah, the random roll for the satellite flipping detracts from the game. Agreed. That so that. Game balance on that side, that's that point. I I think the game's fairly balanced in that regard. The actual intricacies of the ship point cost and the new squad building, I think, is out of line at the moment. But that should be expected because the game balance of what the game is is brand new and this is the first attempt at it. So it like it would have been a miracle. I'm not, not even. I'm not even going to say it. It would have. It's impossible for this to be a better balanced game in regards to points for ships and upgrades right now than 2.0 was last. The you know the update before we changed, because that's standing on the shoulders of ten years worth of development. This yeah. is six months worth of development. It's impossible. Yep. No. So, I, I think a lot of these problems start to go away in three points changes time right amg have come out and said that when the republic z95s and the rogue class starfighters come out we'll begin a points update so how many points do you think cab bane's going to be who's in the rogue class starfighter that has two attacks two agility five hull two shields see see what i did there i, yeah, I brought it back for you brought it right back cad bane the infamous bounty hunter is initiative four is a rogue class starfighter. He's got a focus linked into a red boost. He's got a focus linked into a red barrel roll. He's got an evade linked into a red barrel roll, a white target lock, and a red boost. His ability is after you perform an attack that hits, you may spend two charges to transfer one of your non-lock red or orange tokens to a defender. <laughs> There's a couple of things I like about that when, uh, when we look at it. Um, so hopefully he has the same ability and is in Separatists because it's a multi-pack, a multi-faction pack in that it's Scum and Separatists because I, if he, he has this in Separatists, I'm going to use my Nantex Attractor Beam him, then I'm going to shoot you and give you a Tractor Beam token, then I'm going to move you in the combat phase, get fucked losers yeah can't put you on rocks anymore though, thanks AMG <laughs> um and then the ship has the, in, the inbuilt ability or a chassis ability, or just for Aaron Utley, if you're listening, which I know you aren't, um, the airframe ability. Because um, car, cars have chassis, aircraft have airframes. Um, dead to rights. While you perform an attack, if the defender is in your bullseye arc, the defense dice cannot be modified using green tokens. So it's the same abilities on the Kimagilla. Yeah. Which means um, you can't spend. Can't spend uh, focus, can't spend evade. You know what you yeah. can spend? Force. Force, force is okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Force. Yep. Should have been a Jedi loser. <laughs> yep. 
Yes, your midichlorian count was too low. That's right. You sore, sad human. Yeah, man, you've you got to go and drink at that other fountain over there for low midichlorian people. Yep. Try to get some more midichlorians. But, you know, what are you going to do? Hey, you could data mine midichlorians, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We're, that's going to be our new crypto right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is, this is really interesting because it's a relatively beefy ship, but it only has two attack, and its ability is an offensive-based ability about bullseye people. So uh, this is really, really hard for me to judge if I like this or not yet. I do not have enough information from what, because we got a picture of the two ships painted, so the two different paint schemes. Yeah, and you've uh, got Cad Bane's paint job on there. I yeah. think, I, like like you've already pointed out, I think against non-Force users, this is a pretty good ship. Sorry, go on, isn't this Isn't this just like Force Light, though, against non-Force using ships? Having two energy that you can spend well, to do it to do it. I, was I mean, th- I was thinking more along like the baked in ability. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, spending energy to do activate your abilities is like not a new thing. Like, if we had the I, conversation I about quick draw having this when she didn't need it, kind of thing. But yeah. um, the the good thing about it is obviously it the way they're using it now is better uh, in that it's on a timer. Because it's yeah. spend two, and you only have right. two, then you only get one back a turn. So it's every other yeah. turn. Yeah. yeah, so you're only, you're only going to fire this off maybe once or twice a game. Totally. Uh, what, one area I wish they'd explore more is giving you something like three charges, and it costing two. So you can do it back-to-back, back, but not back-to-back back every yeah, turn. It's, yeah. it's, the, but, it's, the, it's the two attacks every three turns. Yeah. Um, every other turn. Yeah. yeah. It's still basically the same. Yeah, but um, like only having the two attack dice, you that's limp-wristed doing... to me. I don't yeah. get it. I don't understand it. Uh, it must it must have a slot of some sort. It must. Like I I don't see this ship having an impact if it doesn't have something. Something. I yeah. like a missile. I like a I. I don't know enough about it. I mean, I could look at a Wikipedia. I'm not going to. But I kind of want to have a cannon here. Ooh. Now, if, yeah. you, if you give me a cannon slot and I can take an eye on cannon or an auto blaster, because well, I, I think that gets real good real quick. Yeah, um, I would agree. But outside of it's that, just- I don't know. Cad Bane to me seems like somebody though who would be able to impact damage more than funky stuff. That's just me, you know. I mean, you know, in the the Mandalorian season two point five, I mean, he did die pretty quickly, but you know, it, it's, uh, it's you know what I'm like, saying. It's like just, you have this really cool bounty hunter that you kind of give a little bit of background and then you just kill him off. Real, uh, there's a, there's a, a bunch of background him. for Cad Bane. He's been around all three Clone Wars. No, no, I understand, but I'm just saying, you know, when you put him into live action, he dies. But you know, it, yes, Cad Bane has a lot, but to me, Cad Bane is not a two attack dice ship. You know, not a two defense dice ship. Uh, it's probably a, more of a Legion model than he is a um, an X-wing ship to me. 
Any, I, I don't. I would, when I, I think of Cad Bane, I don't think of a pilot in any way, shape, or form. Right. No. Which, which is why he's always seeing an I four. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, people. That's I, one thing that's always bemused me about X Wing. It's like, oh yeah, I really want Ahsoka. It's like, you know, why? You're not exactly gonna, you know, flap one off to Ahsoka's Air for Sprite paint job, are you? Like. Right, what, yeah. what do you want you care about Ahsoka for so much? And I, right. that being said, me living Ahsoka and all of that, you know, uh, maybe a, a view too close to my soul there. But um, <laughs> I, I really like that Ahsoka paint job, you know, really, really like. No, um, but, but <laughs> um, I, I've never really un I understood why people want specific pilots to be released in X Wing because I agree. Yeah, I, like, and it's, it's not even favorite, like it's not that hard to figure out. You have your favorite character, like even okay, if like, okay, so even like, like the character yeah. is on the ground a Jedi fighting against other Sith. Like if that, even yeah. if it's that, you, you still have your favorite characters. Shall in, I pull the up the artwork for Ahsoka in in a sprite? Oh, you know, it's just a picture of a Rafer sprite, yeah. So I pull mm -hmm. up the art. Well, you can see the artwork for Cad Bane. Can you see his hat? Because I can't. So this is where I agree with Chris is that Cad Bane is more of a legion. Yeah. Same with Ahsoka, same with all the others that, you know, you could, half of these you could throw out would be better in legion than they would in X-Wing, but one, you, one, still have, you still have to put product out. So you Yeah, one to, of the things I this wish is, this they This is do. why I argue for the movie still version of the, yeah, I so not all of them, but some of them you could. Cad what Bane. I would do, I wouldn't do movie stills. What I would do is just, um, the a stylized art piece. Why, we always have action pieces. They should do the stylized art piece of the ship in the background in almost like a blueprint manner. So you get top down inside and then yeah. the pilot, uh, uh, an art drop of a pilot. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I mean, that, I, then I've got at least got the picture of a thing I think is cool. I give zero right. fucks about Cad Bane's Rogue Class Starfighter. Like right, exactly. the only oh, way you really? find out like, if flies it, it, you know what I mean? It, you, well, that's what yeah. genuinely drives the the market for those alternate art cards. Yeah, and it and and it looks just like a space pod racer to me. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, discussing Star Wars design choices for spaceships is a uh, a long it's, it's, and dangerous road. Yes, it's a very yeah. dangerous road. But people like it. I like a lot of them. You know. Yeah. Um, then the other card we get is notorious. It's a um, a talent, and it requires you to have an illicit equipped. Correct. After you defend, if the attacker is in your firing arc, you may spend one charge. If you do, the attacker gains one strain token. While you perform an attack, if a defender is strained, you may reroll one blank dice. So this is an example of a card that is too complex for its own good and I really dislike. Yep, because you have to have... First of all, you have to have an illicit equipped. Right. Then you have to be able to pull off the... If the attacker is in your arc. And then you have to give them either give them a strain token or have them have some other strain token, right. maybe from Cad Bane's ability, yeah. to then get the ability for it. So... It's. I'm not saying it's a bad card. It's a good card on like on a shit like Cad Bane's Initiative Four. You get to punch back better because you get to put right. the strain on them. You 
it's got two recurring charges, so you could do it multiple. If multiple people shoot at you, you can do it to multiple people. But the, again, it's a convoluted nature of that last batch of FFG cards that I just really don't like. Like, yeah. how do you even go about coding this into the squad builder? You know, like. <laughs> so have I? Have I put the uh, the elicit on yet? No, I can't take it. I, I'm I'm gonna take what I promise. Just let me well, put it it's, on. It's, it's just like certain things when you you have to equip a card to get gunner slot. It's the same thing. Where it's like, like in fairness to FFG, this even worked in the original FFG app because to put on veteran turret gunner, you had to have an equipped turret. Right. And that meant you had to put an ion cannon turret onto your Y-Wing before you could put the veteran turret gunner onto it. Because without right. it, you didn't have the rotate action. But putting the turret on adds it to your action bar. So it, uh, even FFG's app worked yes. and could handle this. But it's just so annoying because inevitably, I'm going to get questions on the Facebook group of, oh, when I've got this oh, ship, yeah. it won't let me equip. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. Do you have an illicit? That's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Our favorite phrase: "Read the yeah. effing card." But it, it's just a not why, just why, why? Oh, the the only reason to do this is for fourth reason. In which case, just make it scum only. Or like you, you have keywords. Why not? Mm. Why doesn't this say bounty hunter only? You have a bounty hunter keyword on your squad builder. Why doesn't this say bounty hunter only? The Mandalorian upgrade said Mandalorian only. It sure did. You know what I mean? Just, just get fucked. I hate it. Hate. Well, this is the last wave, right? This is the last flushed wave of FFG, right? That we know of. That we know of. Maybe I don't. I've not watched enough AMG streams to know what they have like working on. So I don't know. Hmm. But. Well, yeah. So, sorry. Notorious is a card I think is good, especially in a, in the current world where people are getting multiple uh, multiple slots. But like, that's running on it being in the one to three point bracket. If it's in the four to six point bracket, like as a spoiler, folks, just take out maneuver. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, you know, turns out when just, every just when when world out when world out doesn't matter anymore, just take out maneuver. Yep, exactly. Weird. Everyone being Wedge is good. Just ask Wedge. He likes it. Just think when oh. Wedge can be better Wedge. Uh, it, wedge can be outmaneuver Wedge. It's true. Yes, it's true. Do you know what else can be uh, uh, an outmaneuver Wedge? Let, let's just make sure I'm not lying. I, I, I'm pretty sure we had this conversation last time, but I'm relatively sure as I get to the bottom here. Oh, look, Luke can be outmaneuver too. Oh, yeah. You, you know what would make Wedge better? If he had two force. Sure would. Yeah. Yay. Take out maneuver. If you take one thing away from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good upgrade. It really is. Uh, hey ho. Um, yeah, I have nothing on nothing else on the rogue or notorious. And I think we kind of rounded out the last of the other conversations, but feel free to keep going. I don't mind. It's oh, not. No. It's not thirteen minutes past midnight for me, so I don't care. It is for me, <laughs> and I mowed I'm my a, lawn today. I'm a little I'm tired. Yeah, I'm gonna go play some Tron. So 
<laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and button this one up. Chris, I know you have some uh, house cleaning you'd like to do. Yeah, uh, as always, thanks to all of the patrons and all of the listeners in general, um, but especially the patrons. It's been really good. Um, the last few months, it's been a, a big help just keeping everything going. We do have the tokens are um, in Sean's hands now. Um, uh, some of the ones in Canada will be getting sent to me. Sean was going to send them out to people in the US. So uh, people should start receiving them relatively imminently some point in the next like week or two um sorry Shuresh, it's probably going to take a bit longer for you to arrive you know what can i say australia's a ways to go yeah it's not my fault um but yeah it's been a big help but you'll all get some cool lack of evade tokens that's a 2021 token i believe i still have to do the um 2022 token so we've, i don't think we decided on what that was going to be yet um but we'll figure out. I want to do a I want to do a lack of stress token. Yeah, I was gonna say you said you wanted to do something in red. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, yeah, a lack of stress would be cool. Yeah, that's probably not too easy. Not not too difficult. I don't want I'm I'm sort I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah, we'll do stress tokens next then. We're all in agreement. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's been great. I do <laughs> I, the, the table was tidy behind me. I've got some other content in the works. I Looks I'm, like some Lego content. Uh, Evie been playing with Lego, but um, yeah. That's what, awesome. What can we do? So, fun fun Star Wars story. Um, Evie wanted to play with the at and uh, so she was getting it, and then um, I got her the snow speeder, and she was like, can I tie its legs up? I was like, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, she, uh, she's not seen Empire Strikes Back, so you know. Then we watched the start of Empire, so she could see him getting the legs tied up. And I was like, proud dad moment, you know. Uh, you, yeah, fig yeah. you figured out how to get through the uh, the armor on the eighty eighties all on your own. Luke would oh, be proud. That's the best. That's absolutely yeah. the best. Um, and then. Yeah, it's been been a little bit weird. I'm in the process of. Uh, having to write a business plan and like trying to get um trying to figure out what i'm supposed to be doing with dice 8 to try to pay off all of the debt from buying uh buying equipment before covid and then all of the events getting cancelled and yeah. um so i need to write a business plan to sort all of that out so all of the patreon stuff and all of that really really helps so that's why i've been a little bit lackluster and obviously been thick for effectively since gamma i've not yeah. felt right for um, basically a month uh, i was in urgent care oh sorry i went to my doctor's on wednesday on thursday to make an appointment um and they said my next appointment available was the, was the 11th of may so i ended up going Ooh. to urgent yeah i was in urgent care all friday morning um and having x-rays and stuff on my chest to see if my pneumonia was back but that thankfully isn't i got a bunch of different medication and stuff to try and help me get over this i said it's it's good i mean i'm thankful it's not covid it's like it's been fine it's just i end up i'll start feeling a bit better then i'll start trying to do stuff again and just push myself too much so that's why i've been pretty non uh, done nothing effectively this week i, I went to work 
um, last night and I went to work on Tuesday still because, you know, me being sick doesn't make Jill any less pregnant. So um, You're right. <laughs> we still need money. But uh, I, I cancelled my Arkham Horror games this week. Um, we put, scrubbed recording. We scrubbed D&D. Um, it's been relatively quiet in that regard. Um, so I'm hopeful that after this weekend I can kind of get some rest. But Jill's, Jill's picked up an overtime shift tomorrow on Sunday, so my mum might be taking Evie. I might get some rest tomorrow. But yeah. anyway, all, all of this whining about me being sick and my current wife is just is an, a, not an apology, just excuses for why the content I want to do isn't there yet. I've got all of these cool plans of stuff I want to be doing, but I just don't have the energy. I, I'll, Literally, I'm going to walk upstairs after we're done, and I'm going to need a rest again. Uh, yep. I just... Yeah, I've not exercised properly since Gamma. I'm like, I'm not put a bunch of weight back on, but I, I'm not like the the weight loss has stopped. I, I'm, I'm just generally I'm overly grumpy, you know, outside of the uh, persona of being a friendly podcast <laughs> host. He was mean to us before we got a recording. Don't let him be. <laughs> no, he did not. He was absolutely not. <laughs> um, I'll get on stage and swap you if you make that joke again. <laughs> uh, I, I, I... Keep keep my health out your fucking mouth. Um, I did watch. Joke, watch I watched some uh, League of Legends today. Uh, my 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 team Ooh. Evil Geniuses. I've got got my jersey on. You know, uh, Evil Geniuses got through to the final today. They beat Team Liquid, so that was cool, you know. You, you saw that we can finally stop the debate of the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury that Tyson Fury won by TKO round six. I so saw. Finally, I'm not, finally I, stopped having this fight. I've not seen the. Um, was it? it was I didn't see, I didn't see no, the fight. Yeah. Dylan White, wasn't it? For the, the last one? Deontay Wilder was the one he beat him like six months ago, I think. Yeah, no, they fought again today. Is that today? I thought it was today. I thought it was Dylan White. And Tyson Fury beat him again, this time by in the sixth round. You're going to have to look now. I hate you. Not that I don't believe you, it's just I don't believe you. (laughs) Yeah, he knocked out White, I told you. Oh, was it White? Oh, I must have. Oh, okay. Dylan, Dylan White. Yeah, Tyson Fury hints he will retire after knocking out Dylan White to retain a WBC heavyweight title. Good, yeah, because he's already had three fights against Wilder. Yeah. Was it three or two? I can't remember. But yeah. He's already, you, had the, you, had yeah. The, you had the decision and then you had the knockout. Yeah, and then he had this one where he won again. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew he'd won. I've not watched any of it yet as I've... Just not done anything today. No, I, it was a, it was I a weird up. time for me, so I didn't get a chance to see it. So I got oh, this is I wasn't gonna rant about it, but whatever. Um I was at work last night um because the, someone tried to break into the store a few weeks ago oh. and broke the back door. So we were trying to break into the after hours room which is self-contained and has like steel doors that separate that from the rest of the store. Mm-hmm. So even if you get in there, there's not... Yeah. You're not- so, but they didn't make it through the door, so they just broke the door enough that we have to put it on a deadbolt now to be able to not set the alarm off. Mm. Which means that when X-Wing have got it booked for after hours, it's deadbolted so they can't get in. 
So I've been going down to... So I'm, I'm going to be there anyway, but I've effectively been working. So if I have to come through the front door... So I was at the store last night working. I was doing some receiving. But then um, our guy who normally does the Games Workshop stuff uh, was away on vacation this weekend. So he'd received it early and asked if I could put it out on the shelf Friday night. So it's on the shelf Saturday morning when new customers come in for new releases. Said, yeah. So it got to midnight. I was like, fuck, I better do this before I forget. Yeah. Went to the Games Workshop boxes, um, which were over near the, uh, Edward's desk, where they all end up. And there was some open, opened them up, no Blood Bowl stuff. It's like, all oh, right, okay, well, maybe he's put it in the GW Overstock room. Went in there, not in there. So I went through every, there was a bunch of sealed box. Maybe he forgot to receive it, or maybe he only received it, you know, digitally and didn't actually open the boxes. So I went through it. So I spent like an hour trying to find this stuff. Eventually couldn't find it, but right, then I finished up all the other stuff I was supposed to be doing. So I only ended up leaving work at like two in the morning, got home. So I got to bed at 3 a.m. And then I woke up this morning and could hear Evie playing. And I was like, oh, I don't feel too bad, actually. I'll get up now. I wonder what time it is. So I'd, wear, I'd purposefully left my phone and take my watch off and everything in the bedroom. And I slept in the spare room so I didn't wake Jill up because I've been like mm-hmm. coughing and stuff. Pushed the thing, it was quarter past one in the afternoon. Ooh. So um, by the time I was like showered and up and ready and everything, it was already like half two and I'd just wasted the entire day. So I just sat and watched League of Legends and then was waiting for you guys so we could start recording. So this is yeah. the only thing I've done today. I've not worked on my business plan. I've got um, some Necromunda stuff to sort out for the stores, Necromunda League. I've got a bunch of everything to do, so yeah, like, go ahead. Being crazy, but there we go. And also, you can email us at lackoffocuspodcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> Look at that smooth transition, just like butter. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that is gonna do it for episode one hundred one. Sean, always good hanging out with you, my friend. Yeah, it's good to be here. And just a quick note. Once I get a sick Canadian's address, I will be sending all the tokens I'll out. I'll do that now. You're right. I, I'm sending it you now. Because I hate yeah. the post office. No, and, I'll do it now. It's my fault. Um, but uh, And I will be sending the Australian one also. Everything else will... All yeah. the Canadian and UK will be going yeah. to Chris for him to send those out. So Except for one. I got one Canada one that's going out from here. So hopefully Monday at lunch, I'll uh, run out and do that. And then they'll all be, I'll be out in the wild. I'm, I'm, I'm busy typing at you after the rest. All right. So Chris, always good talking to you, my friend. Something, something good to be here. <laughs> all right. And so that is going to do it for this one. And until next time, guys, as always, fly catch. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.